Hey there, welcome to another episode of Fast Forward, a podcast from QSR Magazine. My name is Sam Okus. I'm the editor of QSR and the editorial director of Food News Media. If you're a regular listener, by now you know the drill. Uh, For the last few weeks, we've been sharing perspectives from around the restaurant industry on how to overcome the challenges posed by coronavirus. By now, we have several conversations with people with these unique perspectives on practical tips and strategies for uh, keeping your head above water, keeping your lights on, and fighting through this very difficult season. Of course, if you go back earlier in this feed, you'll also find our archives of our our normal episodes, uh, which are interviews with founders and innovators, entrepreneurs of fast casual restaurant concepts that I think you're going to find really valuable. So make sure to subscribe to this feed if you haven't, uh, but also go check out the archives with those interviews included. Uh, If you go to qsrmagazine.com, as always, you will find all of the resources you need for your business, including uh, coronavirus related content, which you can find at qsrmagazine.com slash coronavirus. You can also email me, sam at qsrmagazine.com. If you want to chip in, if you have a perspective that you think would be valuable for the industry, or if you just want to talk. Okay, today uh, I'm sharing another conversation from the FSR side of things. Of course, at FSR Magazine, we are keeping up with all the news and insights you need for the full-service restaurant industry, which, uh, as you know, there's no doubt has been hit way harder than QSR and Fast Casual in the midst of the coronavirus, as uh, obviously FSR lost its main uh, selling point, the dining room. And so many restaurants in the full-service world have been able to pivot and offer off-premises takeout and other creative solutions, but... uh, Uh, Sadly, many full-service restaurants have closed, whether temporarily or permanently. Um, So at fsrmagazine.com, we're keeping up with all of the information you need if you are interested in the full-service world or if you are in the full-service world. Today, we have a really exciting conversation between FSR editor Nicole Duncan and Brandon Landry, who is the founder and CEO of Walk-On's Bistro & Bar, a really exciting emerging sports pub concept uh, that is based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and is growing uh, across the South. What's really interesting about walk-ons in this season uh, is that their strong emphasis on food has really helped them to weather the uh, the dine-in bans that have gone on around the country, and it's really helped them also pivot to an off-premises business that's really helping them continue to drive sales even without their dining rooms and even without their sports bars. But also, Walk-Ons is one of the brands that has partnered with FrontBurner Brands on Furlough Kitchen, which is this great uh, model that FrontBurner has developed uh, that is a a kitchen providing free meals to hospitality workers who have been furloughed. And uh, so Walk-Ons has partnered with them and has opened this in Baton Rouge and is providing these free meals uh, for those workers, which I think is just a really positive, hopeful, encouraging thing for restaurants to be doing right now. So Nicole talks to Brandon, not only about this furlough kitchen, but also about the walk-ons business, how it's pivoted to off-premises, how it is keeping its head above water, and how it's really setting itself up for a uh, robust growth after this crisis ends. Brandon Landry, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Nicole. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing well, all things considered. Thank you for coming on. Yes, yes. We uh, we have a little bit of free time on our hands here in the restaurant (laughs) right now, so... (laughs) I know, I know, crazy new time. But um, I just wanted to get start um, started talking about uh, Walk-On's Furlough Kitchen and how that came about. I understand you all partnered with Front Burner to get this started, and it's already been gaining some momentum. Yeah, absolutely. So our friends over in Dallas and Front Burner Restaurants, uh, they actually came up with the idea. I don't want to steal their thunder about uh, furlough kitchens, and so. 
you know, uh, we have a lot of concepts, uh, a lot of our, our properties that are on the side of theirs. And so we've become friends with them. And so, man, we, we reached out, we said, we'd love this idea. How can we get involved? And, and so, um, we basically started the same thing in Louisiana and it's grown throughout our area where our restaurants are. And so basically what we do is, uh, we, we feed uh, furloughed hospitality workers. It doesn't matter if they work for our brand or not. Anyone out there that is furloughed, um, we, we actually provide a meal uh, as many times as we can. And what we're doing, we have a 501c3, our Walk-Ons Game On Foundation, which was initially started to you know, raise money to rebuild, refurbish uh, youth sports facilities in areas that we have restaurants. And we've used that vehicle to raise money to feed these workers. And so uh, it's been great. We, we've fed thousands of people throughout. Uh, we started in Baton Rouge at our original location. And then we did New Orleans. We did Houma, Louisiana. And then we've been in our San Antonio locations, our Edinburgh, Texas locations, and also Fayetteville, North Carolina. And so uh, we're, we're doing a couple a week. And uh, it, it's it's been great. Um, and, and like I said, the, the, the public uh, has has been sending donations through walkonsgameon.org. Um, and also we've had vendors, uh, suppliers that have donated product and, and things of that sort to to help this this so we can keep this going. So it's been great. It's what we do. Um, you know, in times of need, we, we, we like to step up and, uh, you know, it's keeping a lot of people working. Um, and it's keeping a lot of people fed. So it's, it's a good deal all around. That's great. And you went from establishing it, I believe, in late March to it sounds like you're already kind of going at a full throttle with this operation. Was that hard to do, especially under the restrictions with uh, COVID-19? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the, the, our first one was was Tuesday, March 31st. And, and uh, I, I think we've done over 10 so far. And so, uh, but look, it, it's, it's like I mentioned, it's what, it's what our team does. Um, you know, when we proposed the idea to our groups and they were like, you know, whether it be our corporate stores or our franchise units, franchisees are calling us. How, how do we get involved? How can we help? We, we want to help feed. We want to raise money. We want to feed the people in our area. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it's easy to do when you have complete buy-in from everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And on the other side of the business right now, um, you know, obviously kind of doing this great work to help hospitality workers who are among those most um, negatively impacted, but as a business doing um, takeout delivery and those off-premises options, how is that working for the company and how has that evolved in, I guess, just the last five or six weeks? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's basically a business we had to learn overnight, right? I mean, you know, we're, we're uh, full service dining. And so we, we do anywhere from 10 to 15% of to go sales on an annual basis. And so uh, we basically had to try to, to get a hundred percent of that overnight. And, uh, but look, you, you do what you have to do when, when times are tough. Right. And so it's um, you know, our, our teams, we, we've set up, basically kind of pseudo drive throughs at all of our 250 plus seat restaurants that are that are empty right now. And so um, but the, the, the luxury that we have been, um, you know, typically you would think a, a sports bar, a sports bistro um, that that when you don't have sports or you don't have anything going on, you would be completely 
did no sales whatsoever. But, uh, you know, fortunately for us, we have good food and we, we kind of there's a lot of white space with our brand just because of that, because we actually, uh, you know, our food sales are over 70 percent system wide uh, before this even happened. And so um, pe- people come to eat first. Uh, at walk-ons versus watching a sporting event or drinking at the bar. And so um, our food sales have stayed pretty steady. Uh, of course, we're going to see some decline. And we, like I said, we do 25 to 28% alcohol. And so that's basically gone when no one can sit at the bar. But, um, you know, at first it, it was, okay, everybody stayed in the first week or so. And now we've seen people and, you know, throughout our marketing strategies and using lots of influencers and things like that, um, you know, our sales are, are back almost to 50%. Um, and so look, we'll, we'll take it, you know, and, and, uh, we're right now, uh, I, I was on a, I was on a syndication the other day and it was, it was, it wasn't, we're not trying to make money right now. We're, we're just trying to pay people. And so, uh, you know, just for lack of a better term, weather the storm, let's get through this. Let's keep as many people fed. Let's keep as many people employed in a safe way at this time. And, uh, we'll get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And do you anticipate, and this is kind of a question that it could change, you know, it's very hard as a moving target to look into the future. But um, again, you know, you were saying the fact that you all are so rooted in the food, not just kind of the bar, what you think of as coming in to have a beer and watch a game. But at the same time, you do serve just kind of being a place that is a sports grill, you do serve that social um that social need. Are you anticipating kind of a rush once the restrictions uh, lighten a bit, or are you thinking it's going to be kind of a more tentative trickle in? Um, we all know sports fans are kind of feeling the strain right now of not having anything to watch. And I, I wonder how much that goes hand in hand with um, the return for your business. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting topic, right? Because, <laughs> uh, because I mean, we, we've been kind of pr- trying to predict the future here internally and and through our industry, um, but it, it's it's not like something we've ever seen before. So it's not like okay, well, when this happened 25 years ago, this is what happened. No, this has never happened. And so, you know, what what we're trying to prepare for is I do think people are uh, they want to get out of the house. But I also think we have to be smart about this, right? And I think that the way the, the, the local and state and federal government's going to do it, they're, they're going to slow roll, at least for our industry. You know, they're probably going to have a capacity and, you know, I don't know how we're going to do this, but, um, you know, so you can look at it both ways. People are going to be like, like, we have to let this thing kind of die down. And then there's the other side of the coin that people are like, I got to go sit down and have a beer. I got to go sit down and watch something, you know, because they're talking about, I think golf, uh, the PGA Tour scheduled their first event for um, in, in next month or something like that with no fans. And so, look, people are going to – you appreciate those things that, that we didn't so much appreciate 45 days ago. Um, and, and so we got to make sure we're safe. We got to make sure we're doing it the right way. But I do think people are going to want to get out. I, I can tell you, you know, having um, – you know <laughs> – uh, our family and our two kids at home, like we can't wait to go sit at a restaurant um, yep. and, and just be around people. Look, well, I've, I've enjoyed this family time as, as much as anybody, but I'm ready to get out. I'm ready to get back to some normality. And so I, I think we, we got to do it with caution and it's going to take some time to, to ramp back up. And hopefully by fall, 
Um, you know, but look, it, it health, safe and safety and in, in the health of, of everyone is, is very important. But I also think there's got to be a balance because you know as well as I do that there's going to be other reasons that people are getting sick and dying if we don't get back to some some sort of normality. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, right now with the dine-in bans, all restaurants against different, like, different sizes, different segments, they, they're kind of all in the same boat. But I think what will be interesting is once things begin to go back to normal, um, what the small independent mom and pops face versus the major chains that have really saturated all the markets versus emerging chains like walk-ons, that's when I think you'll start to see differentiation um, for the obstacles faced and the opportunities ahead. What would you say as an emerging chain, what, what will be kind of unique about your circumstances once this starts to off-ramp? Yeah, I think... Uh, crisis like this, definitely things will change, right? But uh, I think the brands that were very healthy before will have great opportunity. Uh, I think I think the ones that were struggling and kind of on the downside and, and, and didn't adapt to change or, or uh, you know, I think those those are the ones that, that are going to have trouble. And, and I think there's going to be opportunities for brands like us. I can tell you right now, our franchisees, um, our, our current franchisees that maybe had an area development that they were going to do more and, um, you know, potential franchisees that we were talking to, everyone is still gung ho. Let's roll. Um, they, they know that we're going to get through this and they know we're going to be better for it on the back end of this. Uh, they also, you know, having having real estate conversations, having banking conversations, they know there, there's going to be some real estate. I mean, you're hearing about some chains that are shuttering doors that have really good A locations. Um, it's uh, I hate it for those guys, but those are going to be opportunities for brands like ours. Um, banking, uh, you, you talk about interest rates. I mean, there's going to be some, some good money out there. Uh, and, and some some opportunities for for our our franchisees um, to to go and, and get some favorable deals. Um, you know, working with landlords is just an opportunity for them to go back and sit down at the table and say, "Let's talk about this lease." And so, you know, those are the things that we're talking about um, because we know we're going to be here on the backside of this. We we know we're going to be stronger. Um, this definitely made us better. It it, it uh, but. Um, you know, you got to do it the right way. Right. And, and so uh, but, but we're really excited about it. And there's not one uh, franchisee or potential franchisee that said, I'm out. No, all, they're all like, man, look, we got a great opportunity. I mean, we were on real estate calls yesterday just talking about, um, you know, l- looking and honestly, there's there's things that, um, you know, the world would be different. It's kind of like after 9-11, you know, the airports were never the same. And so, you know, we, we think it's going to be different for us, too. And so we had a new prototype that we were about to launch. And so we've done some a few revisions on that, you know, just looking at larger takeout areas um, in installing cameras and for curbside, um, just all the things that we're having to deal with right now, like I said, overnight. Um, let's prepare for that in the future. Not that we ever want to go through another pandemic, but I think our takeout to go and curbside sales are going to increase because of this and because of the job that we've done over the last month. 
Yeah. And in the new prototype, that is because of the coronavirus. That wasn't something you all were working on before the pandemic. No, it was. It was. Oh, it we, was. We, we were going to launch the first one um, uh, here in, in third quarter. Um, and But uh, we 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 just like I said, we just kind of revived. We're looking at it with our architects right now. And just it's, it's a small space that we just added on. It's not like we changed the whole building. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just a it's it's a larger uh, take out to go curbside area, um, for lack of a better term. No, no, that makes sense. Um, just because I guess also for, you know, emerging chains on the full service side, I know you were talking about what percent of business had been off premises and how part of the challenge has been pivoting. Um, do you see more emerging chains like yours kind of adopting, these um, off-premises option, whether it is uh, more robust takeout, um, drive-through, do you think that that will be one of the lasting impacts for your brand specifically, but then also for the full-service uh, segment? Yeah, I do for a while. I, I think once I think once they get the vaccine, um, I, I think it will be back to normal. But you know that they're saying that's a year, eighteen months away, and so I, I think people are going to be living with a little bit of caution here over the next 12 to 18 months. And, you know, especially the ones that are, are, are in a little bit more danger, right? You know, you're talking about, I mean, you hear it all over the news, the, the elderly and the people with underlying conditions. And so those people may not go sit in a busy restaurant anymore or go sit in a crowded stadium. Um, but they still want to enjoy some walk-ons, right? And so, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think until we get to that point, um, we're, we're going to be living with a little bit of caution. Like I said, the, the world is just, it's just different now. Exactly. Exactly. And what does, what does growth and expansion look like for you all? Uh, kind of having to, again, look at that moving target and how things will be post the coronavirus compared with what that strategy was before. Um, for example, will it be the kind of thing, like you said, with real estate prices possibly being favorable that, existing franchisees might be encouraged to expand, but for the time being, you might hold off on selling additional franchises. Is there a certain way you're pivoting with how you define growth because of this situation? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, we're, we're kind of business as normal as far as that, that that side of it. I mean, we have 38 locations open right now, and, and we actually had to open number 38. We were opening the week that they that, that federal government put this stay at home order. And so uh-huh. we it's first time ever we opened up a restaurant to go only. Wow. <laughs> Take out only. <laughs> and so that that's in Spring, Texas. And um and look, I can tell you that the community has been nothing but supportive and we've been doing great sales out of that location. They can't wait. We're we're seeing comments um, through social media that they can't wait to come in and see the actual restaurant versus just sitting in their car in the parking lot. And so we'll have to open up that store. And we have, a, uh, I think, uh, three three other units that construction hasn't stopped. And we were supposed to open uh, early to mid-April, some early May. And so we'll we'll have three or four openings to, to you know, our team is preparing for that. Just to get, I mean, we, we never stack openings on top of each other like that, but you got to do what you got to do in these times. And so we'll get those. And I think we have uh, 12, 12 more openings uh, for 2020. 
Oh, um, wow. Yeah. As, as far as the, you know, 21, 22 growth, uh, you know, like I said, development has still gone on. Construction has not stopped. Uh, we just had a groundbreaking, um, you know, construction is, is quote unquote an essential business. And so, um, you know, we didn't do an official groundbreaking out there with the public, but, um, you know, construction has started in, uh, in Port Arthur, Texas, right outside of Beaumont. And so uh, that's another unit and a couple more that, that are, are getting cranked up as well. And so uh, on the construction development side of things, uh, it's, it's life is normal. Uh, but, you know, I mean, who's to say, I mean, in this world, the unknown, right? It, it's uh, who's to say that doesn't change. But for the time being, um, like I said, franchisees are seeing opportunities out there. They're, they're seeing, uh, whether it be real estate or, or uh, conversions, and, and you know, we're, we're reading all the things that, that some of them may be shuttering. So, you know, we're just we're just keeping it. You know, with every crisis comes opportunity, and with a brand like us, we we see great opportunity in the horizon. It almost sounds like if the conditions, and again, this being 18 months to two years out, um, but if the recession we're almost certainly heading into kind of has an immediate rebound once there is a vaccine and things are becoming a little bit more state of normal, um, it sounds like there might be kind of a boom in expanding brands like walk-ons could maybe see more store openings per year than previous. Do you think that's a possibility? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just just because I, I think there's not going to be as much competition. I, I think they, they had some struggling brands out there that that just this definitely closed and locked the door for them. And I hate it for them. Uh, I don't I don't I don't wish any bad thing on any any brand or business out there. But um, it's, it's just the world we live in. And, and so I, I think this will uh, definitely do it. And so comes great opportunity for brands like ours. And I definitely think when you're looking, you know, a, a year from now in, in mid 21, um, we're, we're going to be hotter than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's definitely something to look forward to when times like right now are a little bleaker and stuff. Yeah. Look, you can, uh, you know, our, our team, we, we've, we've been, um, it's just very important for us to stay positive, right? Because there was, it's nothing that, that we did as far as a brand said to cause this. And, and so, um, you know, what we keep telling our team is this is a moment in time. It's not to the end of time. And so that's the way you got to look at it. If, if, if you wake up every day and you start feeling sorry for yourself and you say, we're never going to get through this, well, then you won't. But if you wake up and say, look, this is, you know, I, I'm a firm believer this is happening for us, not to us. And yeah, did we do we want it to go this long? No. Do we want people to be dying? Absolutely not. But um, you know, you got to look at it with a positive light. We got to get through this um, and 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 know that there's light at the end of the tunnel. But you know, if you st- if you feel sorry for yourself, you, you're going to be stuck in that rut. And you're not going to be able to get out of it. So, um, like I said, we we knew we had a strong brand before, for, as far as the you know talking about the specific business side right now. If you had a strong brand before, you were doing the right things. You'll get it out of out of this, and you you'll be, you'll be stronger on the back end. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and taking some time to catch up with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.